Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you 24-7, with supplies and solutions for every industry, and access to product specialists ready to help. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You're listening to the Chicago Audible Podcast, changing up the way Bears fans stay up to date on their favorite team since 2015. Now get ready. Because it's time to bear down. I told you it was not going to be long. Welcome back to another episode of the Chicago Audible. And here we are in the seventh round of the 2019 NFL Draft. The Chicago Bears are currently back on the clock. Pick number eight in the seventh round, number 222 overall. Guys, we just had about 15 minutes to digest the Duke Shelley pick, and now we're kind of eyeing the seventh round. Nick, I think you said it best about two minutes before we went live when you're like, I'm not even going to guess anymore. We're just going to let Ryan Pace do his thing and kind of go from there. Are you still kind of at that mindset? Absolutely. I closed my draft tracker. I closed best available because, honestly, we have no idea where Ryan Pace is going to go with these last uh, two remaining picks. So we'll just, uh, again, do what we do best, kind of diagnose everything on the fly and see what ends up happening. That sounds about right. So just in case I forgot the intros, which I probably did, but I'm sure you know who we are by now if you've been listening throughout the draft weekend. I'm your host, Will DeWitt. You just heard from Nicholas Moriano, and I'm handing it over to Brandon Hazlett right now. Uh, the pick is in. Do you have any guesses? Do you want to take a guess? Do you want to just throw a name and hope for the – and uh, maybe you can win the lottery today? Uh, yeah, I'll throw a name out there. I'll say Isaac Nada, tight end, Georgia. All right, bear selection is in. I see it rolling through <laughs> on my screen. Five, four, three, two, one. It's still saying bear selection. That was terrible timing on my part. Oh, I... So you think they're going to go tight end? What if I told you they went running back yet again? You what? have. <laughs> we are live, Nick. <laughs> Uh, so the Bears pick here is Kareth White Jr., running back from Florida Atlantic. He was the 2018 second team All-C-USA for a kick returner. First player in FAU history to return a kickoff for a touchdown. That's sad for the F- well, for FAU at least. Um, and then 15 career touchdowns, 11 on the ground, two through the air, and two as a returner. We're going to learn more about that guy. All that information came through the broadcast here uh, through ESPN. Uh, that way, uh, just so you know, I didn't know all that off the top of my head. There's no way I did. Uh, so the Bears went right back to the offense, went right back to the running back position. Nick, what was your response again? Um, well, I can't finish that off because uh, I don't know if it get kicked off or I get maybe boot me off. But I'm really surprised that the Bears went. I'm looking at the name here, Kareth White Jr. Okay, yeah, I'm surprised at the pick. Uh, we already have the Bears already have uh, three running backs, obviously at the position right now. If you want to throw in, um, uh, I don't, I forget his name right now. Uh, the one running back that we will not speak Mizell? of. Because- Mizell because he just doesn't do much. Um, so it's it's a very very crowded running back room now. Um, yeah, I'm not really getting uh, I'm not getting this pick to be completely honest. Uh, I don't know where he's gonna fit, why it's being done. Uh, they already drafted a running back and I, the running back for the Bears, their their feature guy. So I don't see what Ryan Pace is uh, doing with this pick to be completely honest. Yeah, because I saw like the returning prowess, which I'm like okay, cool, but. Tariq Cohen with punts, that's set. You're, the assumption is Cordero Patterson is going to be the kick returner because he's been pretty uh, prolific at that role uh, throughout his career. So, yeah, this one actually, out of all of them, we've been saying trust it, trust it. And, again, I mean, they deemed it as a worthy of a pick here in the seventh round. Brandon, do you have any clue as to why? Uh, actually, so funny story, I was 
trying to prepare in my mind if you were to ask, you know, what position should they take? You know, with your first question, I was going to say, well, not quarterback, not running back, not wide receiver, and they ended up going running back. So to answer your question, no, I have absolutely no clue why they went running back. But from kind of what I'm gathering here, there's a, a source that's on NFL.com. He says that uh, Singletary, the, the other running back that came out of FAU this year, drafted yesterday, uh, it said that White's a more explosive running back and may end up surprising people. So maybe we did get a steal here. I don't know. I see that he's on an article from CBS under 10 late late round sleepers who will turn out to be awesome value picks. He's on that list. Uh, so that's exciting as well. It's just, it's interesting because like you said, Nick, it's a very crowded position and there's nothing wrong with crowding position because A, you're going to be able to uh, take the best guy and have competition and iron sharpens iron. And I can throw a, a dozen more metaphors there, but I'm sure everybody knows exactly where I'm getting at here. I mean, the more talent you have, the better at any position. You really can't get too good at any one spot, but it just makes you wonder because I do understand that maybe you can put him on a practice squad for a year, see how Mike Davis turns out, and then he can turn into that third back, or maybe he's like a week-by-week matchup guy where you feel good about his matchups against a specific defense. You can deploy him and put someone else on the active roster or vice versa between the practice squad. So that's where I'm at. I know that's not great. Uh, Nick, how about you? Anything further? Have you watched anything? Um, I'm just starting to watch the, watch the film here uh, just to see what kind of runner he is. Uh, but as of right now, I'm just kind of shocked, I guess, at the pick. Again, this actually happened last year when uh, the Bears selected two inside linebackers. I didn't see the need for Joel E.A. Buniwe, and we'll, we're still waiting to see how that's going to work out. But um, I guess this isn't an uncommon thing for Ryan Pace to do is to select two players of the same position within the same draft. He's like, I just said in the last year's draft, he has done it. So again, uh, maybe it is for that Mike Davis role. Um, trying to see, feel that out, see where he's at, but they did sign him. I think it was two years, $6 million uh, contract, somewhere around those lines. So I think he's here to stay. So you, you got to wait and see with uh, this guy um, right now. I mean, it's not, doesn't look like the most elusive guy he runs with a good amount of power, but Again, a good amount of power. A good amount of power. But <laughs> that's all I I'm watching right some now. of the, I'm watching some of the highlight reel here, and he just runs through guys. But a lot of it's on kick return, so maybe he brings more value uh, to that area that we talked about uh, with the last pick with Duke Shelley. You know, he has some experience there. Duke does, but when I look at uh, Kareth White, I mean, his highlight reel is mostly special teams, which is something that the Bears could use. Obviously, in the third phase, that guy is going to flip games and be a stable piece there. So maybe that's something that they looked at him more uh, there rather than a running back. Well, at his pro day, he ran a 4.3640. That's blazing wow. fast. Uh, he had a 42-inch vertical. That's impressive. So obviously, you're getting a very twitchy athlete here, and he is 5'10", 197. Uh, yeah, it's funny. It's the whole hard. I just watched, sorry, just watching some of his Go highlights. Ahead. He hits that first cut, and he just goes. And and that's something I guess that, you know, opposite of Tariq Cohen, I guess, is a guy who kind of waits and waits and tries to make that home run play. But White just sees that hole, and I don't think he really cares how big it is. He's just going to go for it. And a lot of times it seems to pay off because he's a, a powerful runner. That's good. I I can't believe we're already we're only three picks in, and I'm like, oh, God, it's 238 up because I'm running out of steam already. <laughs> but it's funny because now we have another K. White back on the team. Uh, so that didn't take long to replace one K. White with another. Um, I do, like you mentioned, Brandon, I'm seeing a lot of things here about him, though, that say he does have that outside chance of maybe being a better pro than a Devin Singletary, which, I mean, if you get him here in round seven and you still have Tariq Cohen and he just drafted David Montgomery, that is very intriguing in terms of the, you know, how those carries or even just touches in general are going to kind of be uh, split up in that backfield. Nick, <laughs> I want to go back to you. I man, this is when we need like everybody on staff on this yeah, podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's so I'm just thinking again. This is a team that came into this draft with not a lot of holes, right? So now, when you're really just looking to add depth and add more pieces to this team, I guess you could take those risks or those uh, those opportunities of just adding more to one position, just kind of stacking it. If the Bears just want to have the best running back room, you know, 
in, in the NFL, then you just kind of add another guy like this. I don't know if maybe that creates trade value down the line. Who knows? But I think that you make a pick like this because you already have such little holes to fill on a team. Hey, why not? Let's let's take this guy. If it again, it all all goes back to best player available. And when Ryan Pace is looking at you know this draft, his draft board being in the seventh round now, saying okay, we can we can get uh, Ker- Kareth White uh, because he's just the best player available. Why not take him? And we'll see what ends up happening from there. We'll see what kind of pro he ends up becoming. I, I guess I'm just still trying to uh, formulate as to you know what why <laughs> why exactly I, another running back right. I think Matt Nagy might have a, a different T formation line called the capital T formation where they put all the running backs in and Cordero Patterson, because then you don't know who's getting the ball. That'd be really interesting to see. I don't know who's getting the ball as of today. <laughs> That's true. Seriously. It's, it's very, uh, as, as a defense, you see all these people in the backfield. Who knows? I mean, we saw Charles Leno at a wide receiver. So these guys, these guys all could be on the field. Who knows? But it's, it's just interesting concept to think about uh, moving forward with Matt Nagy's offense. Absolutely. So I want to know now that we have, you know, a lot of running backs, who's out like immediately Mizell, Nall, like no chance in hell, right? Like they're going to make this roster. Correct. You know, Nall might push for that practice squad spot. He, he just looks like the stick. He's a fan favorite. Not, not <clears throat> advocating for him. I, not that he's a bad guy or anything. Uh, we'll just see what, you know, he brings to the table. But I think those are the two likely guys out of the running back room. Which, I'll, see, I'll, you know. I'll say a little more bluntly. I think those two guys are out. <laughs> <laughs> White looks like he's way more of a playmaker than Nall is or really ever was. So I think that he's at least earned that spot. Now, one other thing, too, to think about, and we've been talking about the Bears potentially going tight end throughout this draft, and they haven't, and they are down a few bodies there. Maybe there's a shift on this offense where they're going to have less bodies at the tight end position on this roster, and they're, and they're going to kind of supplement that with more running backs, which is not something you really see in today's NFL, as that is a not a dying It's a new trend. It's, it, we're starting a trend, maybe. Maybe we are starting like a new wave of smaller, speedier. It's more of those zebra positions. Yeah, or just a weird combination of a 1,000 backs on the, <laughs> on the field at one time. You're going to do... Uh, instead of like a 12 personnel, it's going to be like a zero three personnel or whatever. <laughs> it's going to be very interesting to see exactly how uh, this guy in a, unfolds. So, Nick, if you had a look into his rookie year, I wonder with his what it seems like is high potential, if they can stash him on the practice squad or would that be someone that teams would want to kind of snag? Uh, I know they have to put him on their active roster, which is something that you have to consider there. Um, I think initially you envision a seventh-round pick at a running back position, especially after you already drafted one in round three that you traded up to get, and you already drafted, uh, signed one of free agency. I think practice squad seems like the most likely of situations, but if they do want to carry four backs on the roster, he seems to have the most upside there to do, though. Do, do you agree? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of upside with this guy just because of what he can do physically. He's got these God-given abilities just to you know be able to run fast, jump high, and just be very athletic. So um, I would say that he does have the most upside, and if the Bears do want to carry – so the Bears might end up carrying one more receiver than they did all of last year, one more running back than they did all of last year. So it would be it's going to be a different uh, roster – uh, in terms of what it's going to look like at 53 man roster on game days, just more offensive oriented. Uh, so it is a little different uh, in terms of just going back to last year. So again, I, I don't know what to really expect from him. I don't know how much playing time this guy's going to get, but he does have that upside and he does, he does look like he could be a guy that can produce big plays just um, from what he brings to the table and what he did in, in college. So uh, I guess it's still, left to be seen and we'll have to see how Matt Nagy kind of envisions him on this team. And I trust his, uh, you know, his opinion and what he uh, has for his vision, but I just have no idea right now. All right, Brandon, I'm going to kind of slowly shift this to more bigger picture topics, but first we do need to kind of do some tidying up here. What do you think White's ceiling and floor is going to be? Do you see him? I don't, think starter is something that and again starter in this Bears offense is something that especially at running back may be a very loose term uh, throughout the Matt Nagy era Um, but do you see what do you envision being like 
his peak and what kind of floor do you see him having as well? I think we'll see his floor in the first couple of years. Uh, the more I kind of sit and stew on this pick, I think it's more of kind of like what we have with uh, Riley Ridley, uh, where it's going to be a more beneficial long-term pick because uh, Mike Davis signed for two years. Uh, and after this year, he may get cut because they decide that White's already progressed enough. And I would imagine he's going to stick around, but I think long-term he could definitely be a starter. Uh, but short-term, we'll definitely see his floor where he's not going to get a whole lot of playing time. Uh, maybe get some chances at kicker punt return uh, i think they're really just more looking for that explosive guy there finally a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds meet the ergo smart base from tempur-pedic our first system that detects snoring then automatically adjusts by raising the bed get your best sleep all night every night for a limited time save up to 500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep undisturbed sleep of tempur-pedic Get full offer details at TemperPedic.com. In the short term, so he may get his chance there, and that would be uh, where I really see him, uh, especially long term, but could be a starter on offense, I guess. I know that doesn't really answer the question, but kind of no. my thought. Kind of. I mean, again, this is raw. We're figuring it <laughs> right. out as we go, Brandon, <laughs> and that's okay. Uh, I really like, again, based off what you guys brought me and what I've been able to find on the fly as much as my computer browsers are allowing it. It's been acting <laughs> like a slug here in the seventh round. I think it's, it's as tired as my brain might be at this point. But um, I like that this combination of speed, that four, th- four three, six, 40 speed, his ability to change the direction on a dime, his ability to make people miss, fight through contact, keep his feet. Those are in very intriguing intangibles. And even though he was behind Singletary, uh, he was still worthy of a draft pick. And I believe that if he's going to continue to have a smaller role on teams, he doesn't have to be a bell cow by any means. If he can be going out there, being fresh, and utilize his strength, and Matt Nagy is someone who can tailor any play to his strengths to get him out into open space, to get him you know, maybe catching a quick screen, turning up field, doing his magic against some smaller defenders – or, you know, running a zone and just being able to read it. I don't see too much about his eyes right now, but I do believe that his intangibles in terms of his athleticism uh, and his raw instincts as well as a runner are very intriguing. And, again, we didn't really understand why the Bears drafted Tariq Cohen until we did. Maybe this is a very similar situation. Again, Tariq Cohen is a fourth-rounder. White's a seventh-rounder. But maybe this is a similar situation where, Right here in April, we're scratching our heads a little bit. But once we get to training camp, someone starts stealing a little bit of the show. Someone starts making those plays that really gets the crowd into it because that was Tariq Cohen. Like, we had our doubts about Tariq Cohen. And then we went to training camp, saw him in person, and we're like, oh, snap, this guy knows how to play. He's for real. And again, maybe White was behind Singletary, so he's overlooked a little bit. But he can have the same sort of impact, maybe not to the same degree, but where I'm standing right now, that's my hope. And maybe it's something that would take a year or two, and then he just bursts onto the scene. But I don't think that really happens too much anymore. I think either you know it or you don't within a year or two. Uh, so for me, I'm looking forward to seeing him at training camp. And if he can be as impactful as the, the few plays I've been able to see so far and what you guys have been able to describe to me, that's very exciting because we all know that Mike Davis uh, is a third running back, isn't the long-term answer there. And again, even that position isn't a position in which you'd usually find long-term answers. But if you're looking for someone to pair with a David Montgomery, a Tariq Cohen and uh, together, and I have a very young back and Mike Davis as well, if you're looking for maybe a four, this could be one of the most crowded running back rooms in the entire NFL right now, fighting for touches. And maybe they're going to have like some inner competition as well. Really breed uh, some, you know, desire to be great within that room. And maybe they're going to support one another don't really care who gets what touches as long as they all succeed. That would be my initial thoughts on all of this kind of wrapping them up. Uh, Nick, how about you? Well, um, I'm sorry. I'm watching more highlights than him. Uh, <laughs> just one last thing here. He, man, he, is, he has some good balance. He's a guy that doesn't go down very often when trying to tackle his legs. What was the initial question, though, Will? Just uh, I was gonna, We're just kind of wrapping up thoughts here on White. Anything that you maybe you have found since, we're going to – not yet, but next we're going to go right back through for grades as we're trying to kill about nine more picks before the Bears go back on the clock. Gotcha. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm still going to stick with my initial thoughts. I'm a little 
uh, confused, a little hesitant with the pick. Uh, but I do see the upside, the athletic ability. And Ryan Pace has been a guy known for that, drafting guys with that athletic ability um, and moving up to go get those guys. Uh, obviously stayed put here in the seventh round uh, for, for White here. But uh, we'll, we'll have to wait till see what this actually becomes. Um, I'm interested to see like when we go to Bourbonnet in terms of where he's lining up, which offensive unit, obviously probably going to start with third team. We'll see if he can make, make his way up, uh, you know, just the, the draft or not the draft order, but the positioning order, just to, just to see what he's about. If he obviously if he impresses the camp, like you mentioned, Tree Cohen did, it, it could be a good opportunity for him because nothing's obviously guaranteed for any of these guys. But if he's the guy that shows up, Matt Nagy will get him on the field and utilize him to the best of his abilities. All right, remember uh, last night? That was last night. Things are starting to blur. Uh, when I mentioned that David Montgomery uh, had the most missed tackles per attempt and he actually broke the record. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm counting down real quick in my head. Uh, White is right up there on the list to about 12th, rough, give or take. I'm not going to count one by one. Um, but he's like in that 12th range overall as well. He's ahead of guys like Alexander Madison. Uh, what other some bigger names on there? Kyler Murray, yeah, okay. And how about Markel Jones, Brandon? Does that name sound right to you? Does that ring a bell? <laughs> yes, that so. name sounds very familiar. Figured it would. Figured it would. Um, other than that, guys, I think it is time to about hand over grades. But before I do, uh, I want to let you know, uh, looking at PFF's advanced stats, uh, he is the number one running back in terms of a drop rate. He had a 0.0% drop rate. Uh, so in other words, he didn't drop a pass. Uh, in terms of yards per route run, he was eighth. He was 14th in his elusiveness rating, 17th in his breakaway percentage, uh, 20th in his percentage of not tackled on first contact, which is at 36.1. So over a third of the time, he's not getting taken down by the first player that touches him. That's also very promising. And then the only thing that he's kind of really down on is pass blocking efficiency, which, again, with your seventh round running back, you're not really looking for maybe that aspect of their game. So, Brandon, I'm going to go over to you as we start to wrap this up and we start looking at some bigger picture topics about this draft as a whole. What would you grade the Kareth White pick? Oh, I want to add to your last point. First of all, he did have more receiving yards than rushing yards last year. So that's also something that he brings is that receiving because you said he didn't drop the ball. So mm-hmm. I just think that's interesting. He's got more yards than rushing yards there too. But uh, I think this is a pick that's more drafted on potential, which when your team is is stacked, you take the best player available, the best playmaker out there. And I think that that's what they went out and did. They got uh, Kareth White, who they could look at and go, well, he's kind of treat Cohen-esque in the way that he plays. Uh, cuts hard really fast, uh, good in special teams return. Uh, so let's try and see if we can get two of them out there. I don't know. That's kind of what, if I'm in the draft room, what I'm looking at, if I'm drafting him. Uh, so my grade then, uh, you know what, for seventh round, I'll give it a, a C plus to B minus. I think this is just a lot of potential. Uh, and he's, I think he's gonna have to fight a little bit, uh, especially in his first year to prove what he's got. Uh, cause he's gonna have to fight out some other experienced guys that have been in the league and know what it takes. So he's uh, a little on the wrong side of that. So I give it a, a B minus C plus range. All right. Br- I, that was Brandon. Like I said, brain <laughs> is turning into mush, guys. I love draft weekend. I actually do. It's just been, without the extensive picks, a little bit more difficult. Uh, but regardless, I'm not complaining. Nick, how about you? Uh, I'm going to stick with a C- minus for this one. Uh, look, there's all this upside. He has all the in, you know intangibles, has a speed, can jump high, uh, productive. I, I don't know. I just think it's a very crowded room already. I seem like David Montgomery was a missing piece at the running back position, and that was it. Um, I don't know what the Bears could have done. Maybe maybe look to a tight end. Uh, obviously, you're going to the seventh round. You're not really expecting these guys. Well, maybe you're expecting these guys to contribute. Obviously, that's why you're drafting them, but usually they don't. That's just not the case with a lot of these late-round picks. So because it was a position that the Bears moved up just last night to go get their guy, uh, a, a running back of David Montgomery is going to fit the system perfectly. Then you get, you know, just another, another running back and we'll, we'll see what his role end up being. So, but until we see that come to fruition, I'm going to give this a C minus prove me wrong. I'd be perfectly fine with that, but I'm going to stick with the C minus grade. All right, Brandon, you mentioned that you said he had more receiving yards and yards on the ground. Is that what you said? That is correct. 
Are you sure about this? Uh, I looked at he's got 160 receiving yards. No, I was looking at his attempts. Yes. <laughs> yes. I was like, wait a minute. I was like, that did not feel right. So I had to go double check. Yeah, he had 160 yards as a receiver, but 866 last year on the ground. He averaged 6.5 yards per carry, which, of course, is very impressive. And on top of that, uh, I did see that he was someone who was able to uh, step up in big games for Florida Atlantic. So for me, uh, again, uh, if I had to give this a grade, I'm going C+. Um, I really do love the potential that this kid brings to the table. And if this is someone who can end up being a very uh, impactful player with limited touches on this offense, then this is going to be well worth the pick. Um, But when you're looking at other areas of need, offensive line, edge still uh, that we've been talking about all draft, even though I don't think the value is there for edge right now. We talked about that a couple rounds ago that all the good edge talent is pretty much gone at this point, and they may not be worth a draft pick. Um, But still, it's – it's a little perplexing to go back-to-back running backs, but again, sometimes when things don't make sense instantly, give it some time when you look back in hindsight, it does kind of make a little bit more sense, and I'm curious to see exactly what the plan is in place because if you know Ryan Pace and you know Matt Nagy, they have a plan, and the plan for this running back group is going to be one that I, am, for one, am very excited to watch unfold this year and beyond. All right, guys, we still have about seven picks to go uh, before the Bears select again. So I don't know what we're going to do, and I want to figure this out as we go. I should have came up with, like, we can play, like, an icebreaker game. Uh, Nick, do you want to pull up the chat? Maybe if there are some people live who have some couple of questions for us, we can pick a few of those. And, yeah, we can definitely do that. And while uh, Nick, I unfortunately, uh, I'll be the one to break the news that Tommy Sweeney got drafted. Oh, I wasn't going to let him know. <laughs> that Sorry. was the news that destroyed my day. Tommy Sweeney, <laughs> just a guy that I watched maybe five minutes of and got confused <laughs> while watching the film because they also have another big, big guy tied down on the team. That's disappointing, though, Brandon. I'm, I'm sad Sorry. to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brandon, uh, as we're waiting for Nick, and again, if you're listening here live, feel free to throw some questions here in the chat, and uh, Nick, you're going to be able to pick a few of those in just a moment. But while we're waiting for people to think about and submit those questions, I want to know, uh, as of right now, who's been the most surprising pick? And I think we've had it back-to-back. Actually, all night's been, or all last two days, have been pretty surprising. They have been surprising. Uh, David Montgomery was the only one that wasn't a surprise. Surprise that we traded up. Uh, but I'm glad that they did because they ended up taking uh, Singletary, uh, whoever the team was after the Bears ended up taking him. So the, the running back uh, market was getting hot there in that pick, so I'm glad they traded up. Um, I think most surprising, though, is still Riley Ridley to me, uh, especially because he's a, a steal. He was still on the board when he was valued a lot higher. Uh, but the room, we talked about the wide receiver room already being crowded. Uh, so really just the the fact that they took a wide receiver surprises me because there wasn't much of a need there uh but they got a very good quality player out of it so it's a it's a good surprise pick uh for me nick any questions that you want to uh throw in here yeah so shadow four five eight two three zero s how are we feeling about our tight end position we just were talking about sweeney right that would have been a great you know pick no just kidding um <laughs> but i guess i'll uh, give my first take uh, at the tight end position i think there's there's room to add you know depth at that position you can't really count on adam shaheen right now to be a viable option for the long term uh, the longevity of the season and trey burton he did have some stretches during the course of last year where he just disappeared. I think he could still be a great tight end in the system really fits that's why the bears made a move to go get him being back uh, you bring back Brian uh, or Ben Broniker, uh, I think was a good move, but I think there's still room to add, you know, another tight end to, to this roster. Yeah. I'm going to second that because when I'm looking at tight end again, there's not a lot on here. And Trey Burton is someone who is proven. He may not be able to stay healthy. He was impactful last year, um, but he did have to, a couple nagging injuries throughout the year. And I'm not really talking about the one against, you know, the Philadelphia Eagles and all that, but I'm talking about throughout the year, he had a couple soft tissue nagging injuries. He was able to play through, but just things that kind of come to my mind instantly. Adam Shaheen, we all know, we've talked about this too many times on the podcast. It's how big of a question mark he is. Uh, and then Broniker is, he's solid for what he is, but he's not overly great. And I don't know if the Bears need an overly great tight end, but I just think they need more 
productive body, someone who can be a, a really good blocker, someone who can uh, be a complement to a Trey Burton, which I guess in theory would be a guy like Adam Shaheen, but that's not really ended up being the case so far. So for me, I would love to see at least one more high potential type of tight end enter this room somehow, either as an undrafted free agent. Uh, one of my guys on my short list is still available, uh, Dax Raymond out of Utah State, which I just kind of contradicted myself uh, because I did say I want someone to compliment Trey Burton, not be a Trey Burton kind of mimic. But also if the Bears are looking for a more, I guess, a younger version of Trey that can end up taking it further if they don't want to re-sign Trey in a couple of years because, again, with this team, contract situations are going to start coming up very soon and some tough decisions are going to have to be made. Maybe that's a guy like Dax Raymond. B, anything you want to add? I think we all agree that tight end is still a quote-unquote need. Get your brooms out because uh, we're sweeping that mm-hmm. topic. We all need uh, – I think we all agree that we need – well, we do all agree that we need a tight end. And like you said, the value isn't really there right now, so I'm not sure who they would really bring in uh, other than Dax. So I uh, will be interested to see what happens because that's really the last need I think that the team has is just the tight end depth. Any other questions come through, Nick? Well, I'm going to have you guys think a little harder on this because we just talked about a need, right? But Cliff uh, Victoria asks, guys, what's the biggest need remaining on the Bears? So let's take this a step further. What would, okay, we're really looking at this roster. didn't have many holes. What would be maybe the after tight end? Um, I guess I'll start with this. I think you can, again, add some depth at offensive line. It's not like, you know what? Actually, screw it. It's kicker. Come on. We still don't know what the kicker is. We don't know what the Bears have at the kicking position. Um, obviously they brought in three guys that came, uh, blew it, uh, Redford. And then man, I'm forgetting the guy, uh, that the just Elliot Fry, I think is, uh, if that's the last name. Uh, so those are three guys. We don't know what those three guys are going to be. And I think I was talking earlier, um, you know, if Robbie gold becomes available, trade all three of those guys for one, <laughs> and then give them this last remaining seventh round draft pick for the 49ers. Um, but we still don't know what that position is. And it's a, it's going, it is a crucial one. We all know why it is because of how last season ended. So I think kicker uh, out of looking at everything that the bears have uh, holes wise, which is not many at all. I think kicker is still something that needs to be fixed. We'll have to wait till maybe like training camp, see how things go and see how Robbie gold and that situation ends up in uh, San Francisco. But I'm, I'm going to have to go with kicker. All right. I mean, kicker, I think is going to be the biggest need by default because of, the losing of the game specifically at that position. We still don't really know the answer there, but Brandon, you're I wagging your play. Yeah. I just want to play devil's advocate and I'll say kicker turner because we can't have treat Cohen doing punt return and kicker turn. Uh, and kicker turn was just so, uh, this guy, this guy, but or this Patterson. guy, and Patterson. Yeah. But, but why? <laughs> okay. So then I guess we got that solved. So yes. That. There we go. It isn't, uh, Anything Don't else? You, anything else? Do you have any other needs on this team that I could debunk in two seconds? Third string quarterback. <laughs> oh, Tyler offensive Brink? line. Offensive yeah, line. I think Tyler is another Brink. thing that you could add some depth to. But I figured I Mr. Crutches uh, would go one way or the other. There, yeah. Well, I thought about it, but. This year, I don't really see much of a need for. It. We already have plenty of guards with with Sowell in there uh, as well, because he can also catch the ball. So he's also could be that third <laughs> tight end. We got, we got the tight so, end there. He's already yeah. on the team. <laughs> so really, you're just kind of looking into the future, guys. They can replace uh, Bobby Massey or Kyle Long at this point. You know what I'm telling you? What this draft has told me, though, the confidence in Rashad Coward is higher than uh, than we think. Because yeah, if true. they didn't have confidence in him, they would have gone offensive tackle. Uh, sooner rather than well not at all right now uh so for me i'm still looking at i mean you can look at safety because of the contract situations and you don't know how that's going to pan out um but for me i think defensive line uh just like offensive line you can't have too many good defensive linemen and i do believe that you know roy robertson harris coming back is good he's a very solid player but he's not an overly great player but maybe he can take a step this year and I still believe that a lot of people would agree when Don Bullard is still more a disappointment uh, than anything at this point of his career. I really do love Bilal Nichols and what he brings. Eddie Goldman as well, of course, and Akeem Hicks. Uh, even like a guy like Nick Williams to kind of be that backup. But if you're looking to like for a need overall, I would still look at defensive line to add one more capable body to that rotation. Someone that can maybe even edge out a John Bullard or edge out a Nick Williams for that roster spot because Nick Williams is young, but he's not the youngest. And if you can find guys to kind of take over those roles, uh, for me, 
that's a plus. And again, you can't have too many good defensive linemen, even if he's sitting on the practice squad or not in the active roster on Sunday. But God forbid you need him in week 12 through week 15, which is a crucial stretch of the season. Uh, for me, you can. Line. you can have too many good offense or defensive linemen because Rashad Coward went from defensive line to offensive line. But was he good in the defensive line? No, I didn't say he was good. I just said he was on the defensive line. <laughs> All right. Or Nick. did I say good? I don't know. Any others? Nope. <laughs> people people don't have many bears questions at this point. They we give them all the answers in the show all the time. So that's what well, down to. Uh, a question that was commonly asked was uh, like our overall grade, and obviously I, we have one more pick, and I think we want to have some time to diagnose everything to give like that overall grade. Now, unless you guys want to, could do it way too early. It is way too early. We still got four picks to go before the Bears, but hopefully these Florida teams, Miami, Jacksonville, Jacksonville, uh, go quickly so we can get the Bears' next and last pick of the draft unless Ryan Pace surprises us and trades into the seventh round, but God forbid he doesn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> Nick, I'm curious. Out of this entire draft class, which player has the potential to reach the Pro Bowl the fastest or actually has the greatest chance to ever reach it? I think you got to go with Montgomery just because he's probably going to see the field the most out of any of these guys so far. Um, and just again with Matt Nagy's offense, so I, like we've said, and you know, when he got drafted and we've written a bunch of articles on him, it, they are going to spread the ball around, but David Montgomery could be a guy that does get, you know, a good amount of those, uh, the production that's being spread around throughout the offense. But I think uh, if you're looking at just the potential of who can possibly be, uh, the fastest to get to a pro bowl or has the most potential to, you have to go with David Montgomery. He has the ability. He's just a very good running back. And I think a big thing that people may not just uh, be, I guess, uh, recognizing that he's going to have a really good offensive line with the Chicago bears, as opposed to what he had with Iowa state. So we could have just saw the, you know, the floor with David Montgomery and just what he was able to do. Now give him some some open space, let him make some people miss, which he's the best, uh, which he was the best at at the running back position in college football last year at doing. He could just be getting started, and that would be uh, very exciting for Bears fans to see if David Montgomery's just getting started. Which he, I mean, he obviously is being a rookie, but he he still can grow into even be a better player, be born more productive. Brandon, is there a player that you feel better about now that you've had time to think about? compared to when you first had your initial reaction? Uh, yeah, I'll say Riley Ridley. Uh, I wasn't sure about him, uh, mostly just because we didn't really need a wide receiver, so I was having a hard time figuring out why they even drafted it, drafted him. But uh, now that we've been able to sit here and, and digest it, uh, and I, I said earlier that he was my uh, most surprised pick. Uh, I don't remember if that's how it was worded, but regardless, most surprising pick that the Bears have had this year and I think he's just got a lot of upside, a lot of long-term uh, upside potential. And if he doesn't get out there and play right away, then that's totally fine, as long as he's willing to be patient uh, and realize that he's not going to be an immediate playmaker with Taylor Gabriel, Alan Robinson, Anthony Miller out there. If he's willing to step in and play that fourth wide receiver role, or even fifth if Patterson outdoes uh, him for the fourth there, I, I think that he's going to be a very good player in the long term because he's got all the intangibles, got good hands, good route running. He's going to do well in this offense. Nick, I'm curious, what surprised you? I know I asked Brandon what player surprised him, but has anything in general surprised you in this draft one way or another uh, about how Ryan Pace has approached it? Uh, not necessarily uh, with him moving up. I was surprised that he moved up to get a running back. Uh, I wasn't surprised for him moving up because he's been he has a history of doing it. Uh, but moving up for the running back position... And then again, it doesn't really surprise me because that was his guy. So he went and got his guy. But other than that, uh, Ryan Pace did what he always has done, take the best player available. And I think so far he's looking at each uh, where he's drafted each player in every round saying this is this the guy that we want who's going to make the most, uh, I guess, benefits for our, our, our team overall. So not necessarily, um, I think. Uh, I think Ryan Pace has moved down twice since becoming GM of the Bears uh, in 2015. So maybe like moving back would have surprised me just because he hasn't done it as much as he's moved up. But not really. He's taken uh, players that I think were obviously some needs with running back and I guess the DB. But not nothing really was too surprising in this draft. I think overall, though, it, it was different this year as opposed to other years, just not having a first 
not having a second, having to wait a little bit because I feel like this draft, uh, I think you guys can vouch for this too. It's felt like it's been a little drawn out where, you know, mm-hmm. now we're waiting for these last, this last pick to finally come in. But I think that's like the biggest difference. Oh, it's, it's a difference. It's because uh, <laughs> we're used to, especially like lately, like, oh, we have like two fourth rounds and a fifth and then still a sixth. And like to have these long gaps in between picks is, uh, it's been very different to say the least. Uh, for me, uh, just a thought on the entire draft is that obviously the Bears are, and I, I think I talked about this in the last podcast, but the Bears are very content with this defense. Like they really trust in not just the starting caliber players, but the depth behind them as well. Because what they're doing is just, you know, just throwing talent into the offensive pool over and over and over again into these skill positions. And on top of maybe their confidence on the defense, the offensive line, which we kind of talked about with Shaq Howard, but I think we can extrapolate that uh, to the entire unit. Uh, so for their confidence in all of these units, uh, for me, it's exciting because they get to pick, at least earlier in this draft, value guys at some great uh, you know positions at running back, wide receiver, those very big highlight uh, playmakers that we're hopeful to have here in Chicago. And I'm excited because Trubisky has a ton of potential. We know that. We've seen him grow so much. Uh, but just think about the playmakers that he has compared to when he has a rookie now. Like, think of the wide receiver group. He had nobody. And now the question is, well, who do you not throw to? Like, who do you not have on the field? <laughs> and that's for every single one, wide receiver, tight end. Tight end, not so much, actually. It's, it's not as strong. So I guess that does go back to the that's a weakness. Um, and then running back, like we talked about. There's four very capable running backs right now on this roster. There's like five very capable wide receivers right now on this roster. So Mitchell Trubisky has tremendous support around him. He has a great starting offensive line uh, and then reserves who can play in without much of a drop-off in play. Uh, so for me, um, my overall just thoughts on this draft as we've gone about it is that they're just doing everything they can to support Mitchell Trubisky with as much talent and playmaking ability as humanly possible to give that kid every ounce of, uh, you know, uh, every situation, I guess, or every opportunity to succeed as the quarterback of the Chicago Bears. And it really does seem like uh, they have some contingency plans in place. If player A doesn't work out, well, we still got player B. Or if B, we have C. So if Mike Davis doesn't pan out like we thought, well, that's why we brought in White, because he can fulfill that role as well. So for me, a lot of smart moves here. Maybe not what we thought were true needs, um, but again, we all offseason we have said we're using the term need lightly. So Ryan Pace doesn't believe there are many needs as well, and he's able to supplement, go best player available, and get his guys. Well, I just had a long monologue, hoping that would kill some time, and the Seahawks are still on the clock after trading up over Jacksonville. Um, So they really have milked this, as we've been talking about, drawing out the draft. It's all about those TV ratings. Draw it out, just like how it's felt for our draft this, uh, this year. The Bears, uh, obviously, we talked about it, but I guess uh, going back to another surprise, remember, I guess coming into this draft, it was almost seen as being more of a defensive uh, oriented, a stronger defensive draft as opposed to being a uh, stronger offensive draft. Look at look at what the Bears have done so far. Mm-hmm. You go running back, you go wide receiver, then you uh, go corner, and then you go back to running back. So they've definitely really, really look at too though with that being such a defensive. Heavy draft guys were falling to the Bears, Montgomery, Ridley, who you know really wasn't even supposed to be on the board at that point. So it's it's almost a good thing for the Bears offense this year. And I think Pace attacked it smartly. Didn't even, you know, I would have never thought to, you know, with all those defensive talent, I'd have been taking defense too. Uh, but I think he was smart in taking some of the best available offensive players uh, because they were falling to him. So why not? That's why he gets paid the big bucks. That's very true. About it, you know. Then a, a obviously a very good job of it so far um, since being since coming here in 2015. But yeah, I, th- I have a feeling it's defense. So this last pick, maybe, what are you guys thinking? Defense or offense? Yeah. Last pick, last offense. pick, kicker. <laughs> I don't know who they would go here. Uh, I think they can get anyone now besides uh, Matt Gay, who was drafted. But it can get anyone as an undrafted free agent. Bring them all in, like I said. Bring them all in. <laughs> have, I don't care if you have twenty kickers. Just have a field dedicated to kicking. Have and split it up into two, and just let them go to town between now 
uh, rookie OTAs, rookie mini camp, uh, training camp. Heck, go to the first training camp game with 20 kickers. Really do it. I don't think you can. I think you have a limit, <laughs> of course. But that would be pretty funny. Like every opportunity, you just have them. You try an extra point, and you kick the ball off. All right, Bears pick is in, though. So we finally made it, guys. We finally oh. made it. Uh, waiting for the name to come up. I'm going to say, honestly, I think to go back offense, and it's going to be offensive line. I think that, uh, I don't know, it feels like they're not going defense. And I feel like the one guy they went defense, they kind of went up for it. Maybe it's a tight end. Maybe it's the guy. I forgot. I had my guy in there. Dax. Yeah. So maybe it's that, what's his name again? <laughs> it's my guy. I don't have my notes <laughs> in front Redman. of me. Raymond. Was it, it wasn't Raymond, not, was it? Was it Raymond? Raymond. No, there's one that I was yeah, like. Yeah, because everybody loved Raymond. Everybody loved Raymond, exactly. <laughs> That's where I was going for. Still waiting for the Bears pick to finally come across the ticker here. Uh, so, B, uh, this is your last chance. Who's it going to be? Uh, 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 well, so my <laughs> guy's already off the board, the other tight end that I wanted. I don't even remember who it was at this point now. Um, They're, they're going to go offense. They're going to go... They're going to go tackle. Let me see All if I can right. find a name real fast. You don't need to find a name. It's coming across now. <laughs> You're fine. Bear selection. How personalized can a financial plan be when it's created by one of those robo-advisors? Plugging in standard algorithm to calculate insurance need and future wealth of random human client. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting to know you always comes first. Together, we'll create a financial plan based on your specific goals. Find a local Farm Bureau advisor at fbfs.com slash protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. Oh, I got to use this at least once, though, right? I got to, I mean, I made it and it's been sitting here and I keep forgetting. So the bear selection, as we still await, waiting. All right. So with the 238th pick of the NFL draft, the Chicago Bears select Stephen Denmark, cornerback, Vodasta State, Georgia. Small school, Ryan Pace at it again. I have no clue who this guy is, which we already knew that was coming. Uh, so no surprises here besides the surprise of not knowing exactly who this is. So as we're looking up this cornerback from a very – know how to spell his last name uh I, i'm waiting for it to come on espn <laughs> yeah, over here on same here on ticker. all right so we have a cornerback we went back to back here we're well, not back to back but back off and back on cornerback wow okay so here's some of his pro day uh some of his pro day numbers he showcased a 4-4 in the 40 yard dash a 43 and a half inch vertical okay he athlete. measured in at 6'3", 220 pounds. Oh, an athlete on 6'3". Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. All right. Interesting, interesting. <laughs> so this is the eventual, if Kevin Tolliver doesn't pan out, Prince Mukamara replacement. Yes. That's what I'm thinking because, boy, does he have the size. Play that outside corner. Yeah, so with those guys, these taller cornerbacks, you definitely want to see uh, their flexibility with moving their hips and just being able to mirror other receivers because uh, obviously you can have all the intangibles, but if you can't, they're moving backwards. Remember, this guy's cornerback, so they got to be able to move and mirror the the wide receivers. But, wow, yeah, he definitely impresses uh, with the numbers there. I'm going to see, again, we'll see if we can watch some film of – where did he go again? Steven Denmark. Steven Denmark, Valdosta or Valdosta State. I'm going to. Yeah. All right. This is like some. This you're is not. not the gonna, you're sure. not going to find much in the turnover department. Only had two interceptions uh, throughout his entire career. Only one of them came last year. The other one came in uh, 2015. So he missed here. He missed 2017. Fun fact. I wonder why that is. Well, that's what we have to go find out. The search is on. No way. Did he? I think from what I'm watching on YouTube here, um, I think he put his own like tape out there for his own highlights and stuff. And I don't know if this is correct. It's saying that I played wide receiver my first three years of college, made the switch to defensive back going into spring ball my senior year. Um, Interesting. 
Interesting. I, That's why he's got receiving stats on his bio. I was really confused. Yeah. So yeah, but he, he seems to be a pretty good wide receiver too. So he must have, well, he's obviously got hands if he played wide receiver his first few years, uh, but he had 22 receptions for 240 yards and two touchdowns in 2016. Must've made the switch in 2017 to defense. And that's why he didn't play. Yeah. So looks like on this YouTube video that I'm uh, watching here. Uh, so he accomplishments he has just in some bullet points second team all gulf south conference second team uh super region 2 2018 gsc champion and 2018 national champion so uh going ryan pace really dug deep for this one but he went he went to go get a guy who obviously has the upside with the physical abilities but is also somebody that has um reached success has had had success happen before so i think that's always a smart move when whenever i don't know what the process is when trying to go and scout these smaller smaller school guys but that can definitely be an option knowing hey uh this guy's he's won before and he was obviously probably out uh competing the competition at, at this level but that those are probably some factors that you look into as a as a scout as a gm as a team when trying to find the diamond in the rough with these uh, lower school guys. I mean, that's what you're doing here. You're getting the combination of size and speed and athletic ability. Someone who's very raw, uh, but someone who potentially has, you know, uh, the abilities to translate it to the NFL and become like you just said, diamond in the rough. And I believe that this is just someone that they would love to take a chance on. Uh, That's what they're doing here. Ryan Pace loves giving these small school guys an opportunity to shine and to prove themselves. And if you put on his own tape, to do that, that's an incredible story. Like, no one's looking at me. Here's my tape. Come find me. Um, I think I'm worthy of playing in the NFL, and the Bears just gave him that chance with the 238th pick of the 2019 draft. So for me, that's an incredible story. If he finds his way in the playing field this year or even in the year after, I already am in love with his story, switching positions, uh, having to do some self-promotion, which in today's social media age, that's what it's all about, uh, getting yourself noticed, getting yourself out there. So for me... Again, I see here, you know, you see 6'3", I see 6'2", I see reports of 6'4", so he's probably 6'3". Mm-hmm. If you had to, like, you know, do the mean or the average here between all three of those. But again, size, speed, athleticism, small school guy, it just it just smells like Grand Pace, guys. It, it really does. does. And I also want to add, too, he also ran track, so that's kind of cool. But uh, one of the questions I'm reading in this interview, uh, they asked him, you know, why should a team use one of their draft picks on you? Uh, it sounds like he's a guy that's really on the rise. He says he's an excellent athlete, as we can tell with his uh, 40-yard time, his vertical, uh, really everything that he's done so far, uh, just a raw athlete. He says he can't wait to come in and work hard, going to put my head down and get to work, have great ball skills, and my best football still in front of me. Going to be a great team player, which sounds exactly cut and paste what Ryan Pace wants. Yeah, and then the fact that he played receiver and went to DB, I mean, the hands, I mean, you don't have to worry about that. If he can get the instincts to be at the right place at the right time, I mean, he obviously will have uh, the hand skills to, to haul in those passes. Man, I'm seeing, uh, obviously, transitioning a corner uh, from wide receiver. It's going to take, it's a process. It's going mm-hmm. to take time. But just watching the film, what he's doing right here, uh, he's coming off these blocks, and he's hitting pretty hard, taking out these uh, offensive players. They're doing some flips as he's hitting them. And he's just getting into the backfield quick, obviously just having that that speed that he has. So, again, all on the upside, he's still a very raw player, but you get him with Chuck Pagano, a guy that's going to work him, try to get the best out of him. We'll see if he's up to that task. Uh, being obviously a seventh-round draft pick, you, nothing's guaranteed at this point, but he just has a feel for when the ball's in the air, he's now the receiver, going back to his you know first position, just turning around, high-pointing the ball, and making a play. Um, you know, this is a guy, like you said, well, when you put your tape out there, you're, this is the guy you root for. This is mm-hmm. the guy that you want to have success. Um, obviously, probably his dream to always want to play in the NFL and doing anything he can, putting his own film out there on YouTube to do it. This is a guy, when it comes to training camp, I'm going to circle him, see what jersey number he'll end up wearing, be like, all right, uh, regardless of what's happening, I'm you know hoping for the best for this guy so he can find maybe a place on this Bears team. But, yeah, this is a guy that you can easily root for, and hopefully it just turns out to be the best-case scenario for him. And, I mean, he's very, like, I love this, like, how he responds. I'm looking through an uh, uh, interview he had on the draft wire. And he's just talking about, like, so the question was, like, so what do you think? You know, you play a small school D2. What should play, people know about that? 
And he's like talking the D2 up. He's like, there's actually some great athletes there. I played along some really good athletes at this level. So it's not, you know, a place where just a lot of, well, you know, average players go. There are some really good talent at this level. And I played with and against them. So like he's someone who can talk himself up. And he's also, you know, being uh, very respectful to the other, you know, the talent that he was going up against. Because there are some of those people who, you know, from D2 or smaller schools who will just be like, yeah, the talent level isn't there, but, you know, it's going to be a big jump, but he's talking them up. So for me, that's just another testament to uh, his character right now. And um, I love the picture on that article, too, of him, you know, lining up against the receiver, and he's got to, like, kind of squat down to get to eye level with the receiver. I think that's kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. You're right. So, all right. I mean, I don't think we need to do a crazy amount of digging here on him because he is – a smaller school prospect, not saying because he's a small school prospect, but the things that we're going to find, it's going to be very difficult to find here on the fly um, in order to do that. So for me, again, I'm going to go ahead and just begin grading this pick. Uh, I believe secondary overall is a position of need. I was targeting a bigger cornerback uh, in this draft because I believe that's an area where the Bears do need one. Uh, they did go earlier with a smaller guy um, in Duke Shelley. Yes. Look mm-hmm. at me. I remember the name. Uh, so, and now they're going with the bigger guy, someone who can take his time, uh, develop at the pro level and potentially again, uh, take over or become a starter here uh, for the Chicago bears or in this league. So for me, really love the bears, giving this guy a chance. I'm going to give that overall, I'm going to give it a B plus. Uh, actually, I'm just going to give it an A minus because it sounds like I already like this kid. So I'm going to give it an A minus just for the fact that I think he's a really uh, he has a you know level head on his shoulders. He's someone who is really wanting a chance. And when you bring players on who are very hungry and very humble and they just want to prove themselves, that is a great combination. Usually good things follow. So for me, I'm going to give this one A-. minus. Secondary overall was still a, a, you know, a small need, uh, using, again, need lightly. Um, but for me, I'm going to give this an A-. minus. I don't know who else he would have gotten at this point. And every time Ryan Pace takes someone from a small school, uh, good things usually follow. So for me, I like it. So Nick, how about you? What's going to be your grade for this pick? Yeah, I'm just watching the film. He, he's he's impressing me with what he's doing here. I'm going to give this a B. I think that um, I don't know if he might actually stick at corner. Maybe you can also see him at maybe that strong safety role, just with the size that he has and what he can bring at that position because he's still transitioning uh, with the the position that he's at now and trying to figure things out. But I think that just with his story, what he seems to be about, um, what he's doing on the field to at these these two schools, uh, I like what he brings. So I'm going to give this a solid B. We don't know if he's going to end up panning out, but we're hoping for the best. And um, he does have he does have ability. That's for sure. Uh, we'll just have to see if that can translate at the NFL level. Um, but well, I guess we'll get firsthand or firsthand view of that at, at training camp this year. B, how about yourself? I'm going to stick with Nick and give it a solid B because this is just a Ryan Pace guy. So much upside, so much athleticism, a guy that's 6'3", runs a 4'4", a 43.5-inch vertical. I mean, they can shape him into whatever he wants at whatever position he wants because he's got experience at corner, he's got experience as receiver, and it'd probably be a little bit easier to transition and take him with safety like Nick was saying. So there's just so many options uh, that you could have with this guy. And I, I, I like this guy, this pick a lot. I think an A is a little bit of a stretch because that was my initial thought was an A. He's just got so much you could do with him, you know, but uh, he's got to be able to show it on the field mm-hmm. too. So I'm going to give it a, a solid B for right now. These are going to be, this is one of those players that, you know, we're going to be paying attention to like, well, everything at training camp. You know, we really do, I think we do a great job tooting our own horn there, guys. Um, but <laughs> this is one of those guys that you want to just kind of peek at once in a while. Like, hey, how's he doing? How's he holding up? How's he transitioning? Kind of like John Franklin last year. How's he doing uh, with that transition? And this is kind of has the same feel to it. So honestly, right now, it feels like it's a battle between those two for that roster spot or at least practice squad spot. Maybe you have room for both. Maybe you don't. But as of right now, I mean, that's what it feels like to me. Uh, so John Franklin third versus Steven Denmark for that uh, next spot here on the practice squad or maybe the bottom end of that cornerback roster. All right, guys, any final thoughts as we conclude our draft coverage for 2019? Uh, It's been a lot of fun doing these over the years, and even though I would say we had more, quote, fun in years past because of the higher picks, uh, picking in the top five, picking in the top ten, I think we are all in agreement that it's much better to wait to round three. Well, maybe not every year, but Khalil Maxwell worth it this year. Um, But much more waiting and picking later in the rounds because of the success that that means on Sundays, right? Absolutely. 
All right. Well, I'm going to call that a draft, guys. Well done to everyone around. I want to thank for everyone who was watching live. I want to thank to everyone who's been listening to the podcast throughout the weekend. Uh, thanks to both Brandon and Nick for taking a lot of their time between Thursday night. We even say here on Thursday night, guys. I don't know if you know that, uh, but we did say here on Thursday night, just in case the Bears having the ability to trade up into that first round. Uh, I think I get told them I give it a .006% chance, but if we didn't show up, Ryan Pace was going to do it. Uh, so we just sat here anyway, just in case. And then to uh, Steve Letizia and Will Ingles for hopping on here, assisting us as well throughout the draft weekend. So I'm your host, Will DeWitt. I'm going to be signing off. So on behalf of everybody here at the Chicago Audible, I really do hope that you appreciated our coverage throughout the weekend. We'll be back later this week with a little bit more of a, how do I want to frame it? Uh, more of a, a, a fresh mind on this uh, with some time to stew on it a little bit, talk about the draft, and it's almost time to start looking ahead to training camp. Countdown to camp will begin here in just a couple of weeks. Lots of Bears coverage coming your way between now and then. But until next time, bear down, Chicago. Bear down, Chicago bear down.